Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh no! Someone's got the coronavirus. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Tech experts, man, cover your mouth. We get we get turned into a computer virus. <laughs> hey, welcome to people actually being in this, like around the globe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This, this is how it spreads. Random. <laughs> All right. We let us know what you're drinking too when you introduce yourself. Oh, that's a good, good idea. Right. I like that. Yeah. So, welcome to the next episode of Ten Questions. And this is yet another one of the Quarantine Cast series. And today, I've got basically the Dallas Fort Worth hookup uh, on the line that I'm talking to. So, I'll give you all a chance to introduce yourselves. And, uh, and uh, by all means, if you run into each other in the introductions. Somebody, somebody, pull out a Texas thing and be nice and wait for the other person. I think we'll all wait then. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. me, right? But... Uh, yeah, the, yeah, that sounds like it's you. <laughs> so I just pulled, I just pulled up the participant list too. Um, so this is Kingsman. Um, get me on Twitter, Kingsman, uh, spelt with a three rather than an e. Uh, longtime Dallas community member. Uh, InfoSec recruiter uh, here in DFW. And mm -hmm. I am tonight drinking Redbreast 12 Irish whiskey. Well, there you go. So, a Welshman drinking Irish whiskey. Englishman. Englishman? Oh. I thought you said Wales. No. Oh. I, 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 I don't know where I heard Wales then. <laughs> hey, I'm Wirefall. Uh, you can hit me up at DHA Hole on Twitter. Uh -huh. found, <laughs> the founder of Dallas Hackers Association, DHA. Uh, I've been getting paid to do penetration testing since 1995. I may have done it before then. Tonight, I will be drinking a very special drink uh, for one of our recent fallen. Mm. I opened a uh, very special... Um, 2015 McCarthy's. Ooh, very nice. All right, Tinker, I think you're up next. Howdy, I'm Tinker. And if uh, Wirefall is the founder of DHA, of the Dallas Hackers Association, then I'm the loser of Dallas Hackers Association. I've probably lost it more, more often than not. Uh, tonight I am drinking, I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, as I mispronounce all of my Scotch whiskeys and, uh, Scotch tradition whiskeys. I'm drinking, uh, Hawaii or IWI or sorry, IWAI, which is a Japanese created single malt whiskey in the Irish or sorry, in the Scottish tradition. Uh, yeah. So far as, as what do I do? Um, I'm in help desk. I say that. I, I can't say up this right now because uh, uh, they're like the frontline support in IT. I feel like that'd be stolen valor. So you know, I, I, I test pins. All right, we got Ross Williams and tech experts up. Tech. Hey, yeah, so I'm Ross Williams. They're all hey, family. Hey. Nice to meet you guys. Uh, United States Marine Corps. Motivate. Brain uh, hacker walking on the line speaking out loud <clears throat> so it's a pleasure to have you all here today 
It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, I think the introductions speak for themselves, right? Like yeah. this is this is a line of intelligence in the world. What are you drinking, Ross? Ross, and, 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 you, and you know what they talk about the social distancing. I'm the one that steps yeah. out and keeps the contagion from going. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> in that line just of intelligence. Half forward, just doing half what we're things, right? Uh, but yeah, what am I drinking tonight? Water. Yeah. Water. Hey. I'm gonna actually go to sleep after this. And yeah. My family. Water's too harsh for my liver. I can't do it. But you know, I appreciate you having us all on this digitally. Really cool. Thank oh, you. Of course, of course. I, you know, as I've been telling people, hey, you know, there's no need to be to do social distancing. You can be social from a distance. That's the whole purpose. Absolutely. Physical distancing, social non-distancing. That's right. Man, there's a lot of energy tonight. Tech experts, who are you? <laughs> My name is Jeff. I'm the owner of TechExperts.Guru. I do. That's an IT company here in DFW. So when you security experts aren't doing your job, I'm the one that comes in and mops it up, cleans it up for you. Uh, I'm not even sure <laughs> what this nice. is for. I just saw Rosh Jarrett, so I figured I'd join because everything. Every time he goes to do something, I'm always busy, and I'm like, I wanted to do that, so I joined. Tonight I'll be drinking Old Forester. Dang, whiskey. If you haven't had this whiskey, it's inexpensive and it's amazing. Hmm. True that. True that. And that being said, as I introduced at the top of the show, I'm Thinker and. Dang it, if I'm not drinking anything tonight, because apparently I've got strep. And is it strep? And, 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 yeah, it is. It is. Okay. And, and, and alcohol sure? would do a number on that. I mean, doesn't alcohol I think whiskey would actually be good. Yeah, you just yeah whiskey would be good for you. Oh, it'd make it burn. Come on now. You're trying to torture well, it, me? Yeah, it makes you burn, but it, it, it kills it. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. It, we, I, I, I've got to lay this one out already since you're bringing that up, Tate. There is only one liquor that has ever been on the market. Well, maybe two, sorry. One that I looked up. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the, the one I looked up isn't even on the market in, anymore, apparently. And that's mm -hmm. 151. Yeah. Yeah, what, what 151 has ceased production apparently, and I did not know that. But between 151 and Everclear, those are the only two liquors that could actually kill that stuff. Everything else is not high enough proof. I mean, it kills your brain. Yeah, I, I, close enough. I dare you do it. I dare you to do a shot of Everclear. Oh, I've done a shot of Everclear before. That was rough. Oh well, it's, I, I've I've done 151 and Everclear in the same in the same session, really. Uh, uh, like a big punch bowl, like a punch bowl session of the brand, right? Just oh. like. Well, I, I, actually, to be honest, I was in Vegas and I and I was getting uh, I, I was refilling my big gigantic uh, daiquiri thing that they sell to the tourists because hell, I yeah. was a tourist and uh, you know, around to have fun. So, so whenever I, whenever I got it filled, I got, uh, I got three shots before I took off with it. One of the shots was, I think it was root beer vodka and it was horrible. And then one of the shots was 151 and then the third shot was Everclear. And that's when I would puke. 
you know, I think and yet walk, you remember I, doing I, that. I, I think with those statements, like if I may, I think we walk through the world not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, right? Yeah. We all do. Like digitally connected, having a conversation tonight, it should be about that. It's a fact. Very true. Very true. I already think that this is going to change the landscape of education moving forward. You mean that they'll pay all uh, teachers a million dollars with perfect benefits? Well, they, they can see <laughs> that the they, kids out of the house. Yeah. yeah Basically, the, they could test. They, they're testing right now if a teacher can handle a large classroom from home. And if that's the case, then they don't need to babysit our kids anymore. Wait, the, the responsibility just goes to us again. It'd be cheaper. Well, I, I like the idea of the, the, the flipped school. Uh, Khan Academy was uh, working with some uh, K through 12 in California on this in that, you know, why does the instructor have to give the same lesson every semester to different kids, the same, the same spiel? Instead, record that. That is the child's homework, is to go home and watch YouTube videos. And then they come into class and do the homework where they can get the help they need and not the hapless parents. So the yeah. only problem that you're going to face with that, I mean, the only problem that you're going to face with that is the fact that, you know, for example, I've got two young kids, both boys, nine and five. YouTube is like integrated into their life to the point where, you know, I grew up growing, you know, climbing trees and going out and riding a bike and, you know, getting up to all kinds of different things. And now I'm like trying to pull technology away from them just so they can actually, in my view, have a semi-normal yep. life. So then they, we push that on. Well, no, they would have to do their homework anyway at home. So that's an hour or whatever they're sitting there instead have that hour of the class instruction. And then the homework is done. Oh, they wouldn't have an hour of homework. I think my kids have about maybe 10 minutes of just things to kind of do real quick. Uh, I don't know. They, when, when the kids are at home, that, that, that's time for family. You know, we, we, we don't see them very much as it is. Uh, and, and school is not, I mean, there's a lot of issues with school. There's a lot of things that can be, you know, uh, improved. We're very much in the Prussian style, and it makes some really good cogs in the industrialization, uh, et cetera, in corporate America, which I don't like. So there should be things that improve upon it. But a big part of actually going out, and I'm dealing with this right now with my kids, is because we're isolated right now uh, uh, with the pandemic going through, they're not seeing their friends. They're, they're lacking that socialization. Uh, even homeschooling, when you, when you do proper homeschooling, uh, you know, you have homeschool uh, uh, communities that, that they'll go around and they'll meet other kids, they'll socialize and things like that. So the idea of plugging them in front of a, of a, of a TV for remote teaching, uh, uh, you know, automated as if they're they're bots you know that that's that's uh in the opposite direction that we should be going. No, no 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 then the schooling is done at school where they can do the homework and get the help from the teachers on when they actually need the interaction uh, and I, then they can interact with the children as well yeah i, I hear that that also assumes that a seven-year-old is going to be able uh, to sit and retain everything there a, a lot I, i've gone in and volunteered with my school and a lot of what they do is manage behavior you know they're, they're not just reciting the same thing over and over again they're, they're they're not taking a lesson and just regurgitating it each year what they're doing is they're getting to know their students and they know each student individually and they're able to deliver it core and tailored to them uh it's, it's a big deal they have a lot of training and a lot of gifts behind it yeah and that, 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 that by far has been a uh has been a push uh, you know, whenever it, probably for the last 
uh, at least 15 years or more uh, whenever, you know, whenever you go to school to learn all the pedagogical things um, is, you know, differentiation because it, absolutely nobody learns exactly the same way as the other person. And, you know, whenever you get to know those kids and you can give it to them the way that they take it in the best, then all of a sudden you see those success rates go up. And, you know, and, you know, my, my gosh, those bell curves that, that we all lived with growing up, you know, where it, where it was expected that certain people were going to be C students, you know, I mean, they don't have to be C students. They were C students because of the way that it was given to them. Probably not challenged, which was most of my issues growing up was I was smarter than what they were offering. So I was bored. So why even bother? And yeah. that's the idea of, yeah. of smaller classrooms with teachers because you go in there and, and the teacher will know, okay, this one's going to be going to get through it real quick. So they'll set them in a corner, let them burn through it and then go and help the, the student who's struggling uh, and then come back when the first student's done and give them something else a little bit more challenging, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think, I think the biggest thing that the, the biggest problem right now is we're trying, we don't take care of teachers. We don't pay teachers uh, anything. Uh, and we assume that they're just babysitters. We're assuming that they're regurgitating things out in automated fashion. Um, and we don't want to scale that up. What we need to do is get more teachers and provide more for them and, and uh, uh, be able to get, you know, uh, that better education uh, with that individual kind of one thing. Uh, that's why all, all the, uh, the folks who, you know, the 1% or whatever, they have individual tutors, you know. It, it's not the idea of, of plugging them into a, an automated mass systemic system kind of thing. It's, so individual go. Well, I think the medium also will change the dynamics of if one student learns slower than another. Uh, for example, ABC Mouse, which is a pretty popular and uh, app and online service for kids to learn. It's been around for a while, really popular now that everybody's using it for free. Um, it just that video game mentality and you're learning and you don't even know it kind of thing, I think it makes a world of difference. Philosophically, I, I disagree with the gentleman earlier who said, you know, trying to get his kids out to, to uh, climb on trees. And, and I'm from that generation too. I, I would leave in the morning, wouldn't come back to the evening in woods or walking around Germany eating fruit or whatever it was on base. But to me, it's, uh, it's, this is their generation. This is what we thought of as kids would, would be neat if we could have. We grew up, we invented these things, we implemented these things. So I can't judge my kids' generation on how they handle their childhood because this is completely different from ours. Although I do force them out and go play and just like you do as a father. Um, and I think the last couple of weeks of them being stuck home with all the rain around here, I think they appreciate going outside right now and trying to play. I had pretty much two of my four kids break down on me today. So luckily we'll have some sunshine, but I think that if, if our kids or our kids' kids generation want to join the matrix and that's how they're going to interact, who am I to judge and say that our generation was better because we played outside? Well, yeah, to be fair, and, and to that to that point, I mean, yeah, I, what's going to happen is what's going to happen, right? And you are right. This is their generation. This is what they're living up through. But at the same time, like you just said, you know, going outside and having that moment to be, you know, enjoy the nature or outdoors or whatever versus just being locked up in an xbox or locked up in a ipad or whatever that may be and there's obviously good for that because let's face it as they grow up you know technology is going to be probably way more advanced and they're going to have to keep up with it but i still don't think it should take the desire away of having kids like 
actually go outside and do those types of things as well. And I would add that until we go full matrix, uh, there is a physiological benefit to to uh, communing with nature. I mean, to, to being outside yeah. and among nature. It's, it's part of our physical being. 100%. Until we eliminate it, it, that physical being, it's going to be a it separates the It separates the digital world from the real world, right? You've still got to have an element of understanding of the real world versus just what your obscured vision is of the world through the digital glass. That's, that's the discussion that we're having as IT experts. I mean, this is all over TED Talks too, which is the, the philosophy behind what is reality. And, and as we move into AR environments and virtual environments, and hopefully one day the matrix, you know, is, is reality a perception or is it the physical universe? And I think that's a valid, you know, argument, although I'm a physical universe kind of guy on that half, but is AR any different? If we have, if I have Google, uh, glasses and I have fake plants that are AR in my house. Is that any different from nature being outside? And I think that's just something that we're wrestling with now in the beginning stages of what we're dealing with. Well, it, well Elon Musk and uh, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson will tell you it's a simulation. No, I will fight <laughs> <Yeah>. that. But <laughs> well, and whenever it gets right down to it, though, I you know I I don't necessarily think that it's how we do it. It's that no matter how we do it we achieve balance because it, it because like whenever it comes to you know how much how much uh you know overboard somebody may say technology is especially with kids these days fact of the matter is is that you've got some of the people that were at the forefront of bringing some of those advances to market and pushing them and developing them uh, that are saying hey you know what i don't even let my kids use this that much um, you know, b b because, because they realize that in the world, you know, there can be too much of a good thing, you know, so, so, so balance is the key. And if we can somehow do exercise and nature and everything else, even if, I mean, shoot, Star Trek, for instance, come on, you know, you go, you, you're on a ship in space for years. What do you do? You go on the holodeck. You know, that's, you know, is that real nature? No, but it, but, but it provides the balance with the life out in space. Well, well, in balance. I, I don't think it's no coincidence that, you know, this healthy mentality lifestyle that started 20 years ago is on the same trend line as mobile devices um, and what we can do with them. So things like uh, Pokemon Go or your fitness app or your watches, um, or just even the, the camera phone itself, I think it does draw people out into the, into the public and to go into tourist spots and get those selfies and, and all that stuff. So I see more and more that people are integrating technology while they're outside and not necessarily at home, which was different from when we grew up. We had a, you know, star 69 or star 67 on our phones to dial into a BBS just to download the coolest new uh, uh, hacker's guide. Mm. So well, even if... <laughs> Even with balance, I would prefer my grandkids now involved in the the gaming and other entertainment uh, that is around today, because many of these have challenges that mentally make them figure out puzzles. Um, I wasted all of my free time on pong, or or jumping over a crocodile with on a on a vine um, that produced absolutely <laughs> no benefit. Yeah, to be fair, you're right on that one. 
But the thing is, what do you say to a you know a nine, a eight, nine year old that sees nothing but you know successful YouTubers? It goes, I want to be a YouTuber, you know, versus like something that's you know a bit more guaranteed or also like longer term, right? How many? What what percentage of the population actually becomes like you know one of these YouTube sensations or influence influencers if you want to use the hip word for it well, how do you uh, how do you combat that the beauty of capitalism wanted to be... go ahead <laughs> no I was going to say how many people wanted to be Ace Freely in Kiss how many people wanted to be something completely unattainable when they were kids you know in our generation hey, Kingsman my, my, my son he's about eight right now and, and he he says hey I, I, he doesn't say I want to be a YouTuber like for what he wants to be when he grows up he's saying hey I want to get on YouTube right now um, and I go, okay, what do you want to do? And, and some of the things that he really likes to do is he loves telling stories. He draws comic books right now. Uh, and so we've started talking about, um, doing stop motion animation and there are like really inexpensive and free apps that you can do where you set on your phone, you set up the camera on your phone, you move your Lego, take a picture, move it again. And, and it, it puts everything together for you. It's really easy. So we're setting up a, um, cheap little stop motion animation in the garage and he's going to create a YouTube channel right now because that's what he wants to do. Um, so yeah, anytime your kid's like, Hey, I want to do this. You're like, okay, how do we make this fulfilling and, and, and make it to where it can enrich their lives? You know, we'll make sure obviously there's security and, and he, he maintains OPSEC and all that, of course. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> well, he's I don't think he's learning a skill set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's growing up was, was building computers that was a skill set i learned growing up because hey yeah. we got that two megabyte ram chip in let's go buy one you know like and how do you put the sucker in there was no computer repair shops when i was growing up it just you had comp usa if you were lucky um and so it, at least he's leading a skill set that's what i told my daughter hey if you want to do a youtube channel go for it we'll learn editing you know we'll learn all marketing and and there's so many different aspects of it seo the seo aspect of it which is what i do for a living as well um, YouTube, I think, and that's what I was going to say earlier, the beauty about capitalism, especially in the United States, is that it, there's a lot, enough money going around that if you have a good product or you're selling something that's a good product, you'll get paid for it. Um, and that's where the YouTube is so popular. But I'm always reminded of that, that guy in New York who's a professional cuddler, and he survives in New York City hugging people. I he just filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah, he did. I think he's needed more now than ever. Yeah, that's the truth. Kingsman, to your point, though, I mean, I, I do agree with the idea of being out, outdoors and, and having that kind of tangible uh, uh, being able to feel around and, and, and climb trees and whatnot. And so I think as parents and, and even as uh, school teachers, et cetera, but, but especially as parents, it's up to us, as, as Wirefall said, to, to introduce balance. So while you know we, we do allow a little bit of screen time while we do allow for him to to create things and to put it up on youtube you know we went out and, and threw the football in the yard today uh just just to be able to get outside and get some get some sports and my, my middle kid he's like five right now he's a little beast you know we're actually lifting weights together now he's he's got you know, he's got he's got three pound dumbbells that he's doing squats with me and he's like i want heavier i'm like pick up this five pound he's like yeah you know little beast kind of thing you oh, know? Hercules. Uh, yeah but, but he's, he's already out squatting you right 
Oh no, that, that yeah, way. That, that's a low bar. <laughs> yes, of course, but <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the whole thing with with kids is is balance. And and at some point, you know, the they'll you, you give them enough of a jack of all trades, a foundation as they grow up, so they can specialize or generalize and however they need to make money or, or do whatever they're going to do uh to introduce beauty and and art and what have you into the world uh when they grow up that, that's yeah i just facilitate that but i think we're all in agreement on that so uh thank you so thank you did you want to start the 10 questions <laughs> oh no 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 I, okay 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 they, i i i have i totally totally got to call waterfall out then because that means he hasn't listened to any of the quarantine cast series yet i have not i have done zero bubkis whenever it comes to whenever it comes to uh, a specific format and th this these are literally ones where it's like hey let's get some people together let's just have a chat sweet no i've i've been heads down i worked 24 hours this weekend i've worked three weekends in a row i'm yeah i'm about shot Oh, I, hey, I, I get it. I am, I, I am almost there. Um, I, I've, I've been given a almost intangible deadline uh, by the overlords to uh, get some things done. And I know that it's just about, it, it's almost to the point where it's going to start accelerating on me. And I'm probably going to have, uh, I'm probably going to have days like that coming really, really soon. I find it strange how my challenge from a job standpoint day to day is the complete opposite to what your guys is. Also, well, I'm not technically in technology, right? I'm, I do recruiting. So, you know, I run our security practice across North America and you guys are all on the front line of this pandemic from an IT standpoint, obviously specifically, uh, cyber or infosec standpoint whereas my business is to help people like yourselves find new positions so you can appreciate obviously with all the turmoil all the chaos all the market dips uh that we're seeing right now you know the unemployment just keeps rising and rising and rising you know you can you can appreciate the difference you guys are going like you know d-day trying to get things going, people working remote force, VPNs still going up and everything like that. I'm sitting here going, well, people are making layoffs, hard to find, you know, companies that still want to hire in this period. So it's all like complete opposite. I just find it interesting how hearing you guys talk about it. And I have absolutely seen people mention that that uh they had job not just an infosec just in general that they've had job offers that were given out right before the shit hit the fan and they've already and been retracted yep exactly yep yep i've i've spoken to just in the last week five or six people that have had that happen yeah but i don't know that many people who are not working right now um they either on some sort of vacation or work at home status vpn I've done a lot of home repairs just to refurbish old laptops so people can work at home. That's that's been on the up and up this past week, and a few a few on the remote side as well. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how long that's gonna last. I, I know a lot of folks who have lost their jobs. Uh, they're they're not necessarily in in IT though, uh, whether it be security or or just operations and administration. Um, with everything coming to a halt, there's 
there's still a lot of work, right? Like Amazon's hiring up a bunch of wage slaves to shove into their, uh, uh, you know, their warehouse to abuse kind of thing. Well, uh, that's, that's 100,000 100, people. Yeah. That, 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 that's a kind explanation of, of you there, Tinker. Wage slaves? No. Wage slave, no, and, and and I that's not a that's not disparaging to the people who do it. I, I oh, no. I've taken every unskilled job uh, known to man just to make ends meet. You know, when I got back from the war in two thousand eight, there was nothing. So that that's not disparaging them. That's disparaging uh, their overlords and mm -hmm. slave masters for it. You know, um, so some folks are out there. I I, I am wondering how long it is going to take for for it to kind of hit us as well. Um, because we're not going to be getting out of this thing for another year, year and a half kind of thing until we get that vaccination going. Um, so we're just in the beginning of all this. Hey, Tinker, would you, would you say it's more prepare for winter, not a snowstorm? Prepare for winter and not a snowstorm? Yeah, no. So this is, this is a major snowstorm at the beginning of a long winter, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, like, like for instance, I, I, I was on the point where, you know, I was – paying down a lot of like student loans, finally getting to the point of, of where I could pay down debt. I'm at the point right now where I'm socking away every single cent into, into li fairly liquid savings. I can't even say high interest uh, savings accounts because the Fed went all the way down. So, um, uh, because I'm expecting to get fired. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll be knocking on uh, Kingsman's door here pretty soon. Um, just because uh, capitalism is so fragile in that I, we're in, a lot of us are in Texas. It's a, it's a quote unquote work at will state and that means they can fire you for no reason right um all for that bottom line so there there is no stability in that uh but no uh uh assuming we had a lot of control meaning we had a populace that was willing to act as one and leadership that was able to guide them in a very responsible and knowledgeable manner assuming that it's a best case scenario we could cycle in and out of social isolation for the next uh for the next year and a half you know have have kind of a, a, what is it, like three months social isolation, one month off kind of, and, and cycling out. That's not going to happen. Not, not, not with our individualistic society and not with a society that's not willing to take responsibility for their neighbor and not with the lack of direction that we're being pushed down uh, uh, to begin with. So Agree. Uh, Agree so, on all factors. Yeah, we're not going to get out of this really until that vaccination comes through, uh, potentially until... I don't know, we all succumb to the, uh, assuming that we could have the COVID-19 and build immunity, uh, uh, whether we like it or not, we might encounter it fairly quickly. A lot of people will die and the rest will be, you know, survivors or what have you. But, but yeah, this, this is going to be a long haul regardless and, and uh, it, it's going to leave a, it's going to leave a mark. And I know a lot of us, well, yeah, sorry. And, and I'll kick off to you. I'll be quiet. But, you know, a lot of us are in, desired positions right now because we are facilitating uh, IT and facilitating what remains of work going through. Um, but as you know, a lot of us in InfoSec, you know, it starts becoming, we're not going to worry about the potential of being hacked into when we have very real losses right now. And the bottom line guides everything. So I, I don't know that even our positions are all that secure. What were you going to say, Warfel? I was going to say you brought up the vaccine, and I thought an interesting fact, uh, you know, and hopefully it will help, is that the Folding at Home project mm. now has more horsepower than the top seven supercomputers combined. That, that's absolutely true. I, I uh, So wow. for, for those of you all that, that are listening may not know, Folding at Home is 
uh, distributed computing. So the idea is there are these massive problems in this sense, viruses and, and, and you know, what could tackle these viruses. Heavy, heavy computational resources are required. And it used to be that in order to do this, you needed like a proper, even modern supercomputer, you know, these massive machines kind of thing. But uh, just like everything, you know, we, we can distribute it. We can chop it up almost like BitTorrent. And Folding at Home is one of these projects. For, for y'all nerds out there that remember distributed.net, still around, I think. But distributed.net, even SETI at Home, all of these, it's, it takes out little tiny jobs, little, little compute jobs, and sends it out to all the laptops, you know, in, in the world who's doing this on their, on their own machines. And then when it runs its computation, sends the results back, right? And yeah, Waterfall, uh, uh, Folding at Home, if, if you have a computer that you're not always using and you want to pitch in and fighting the coronavirus, go to Folding at Home and take a look at, at that. And, uh, and when we get done with coronavirus, we can continue using it to fight cancer and all those other things, too. Uh, but yeah, NASA uses that, too. They do yeah. that, too to get to uh, computate all their information when they do the stars because so many they utilize over uh, half a million computers worldwide that have a program that that does all the math for them and, but you see the results because this is yeah. the fastest vaccine they've ever had 45 days from uh, inception to yep. uh, testing they're testing it now in washington and they'll have it mm -hmm. tested within a, about a year yeah yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right. I, I think that's kind of the, the big thing I, I, I'd like to discuss this, if you all don't mind, thank you, you don't mind, the, that's fine. the idea of, of what, you know, because all of us are sitting in our home. If we have a job, we're, we're, we're managing jobs. If we have kids, we're managing kids. If we don't, we're just trying to survive, right? Um, but, but a lot of us, we feel impotent. You know, what can we do if we're not medical doctors on the front lines kind of thing, uh, or not out making deliveries? What can we do to help society? Uh, folding at home is absolutely one of those. If you have free computational power, if you're if you're a hacker or a cracker and you get GPUs and shit, throw that shit at it. But that's, that's the beauty is who the much of this audience is are gamers and hackers. Yeah, we have yeah. GPUs. Uh, definitely get involved. I've seen a number of different pen test organizations mm -hmm. donating when they're not cracking passwords. Their yep. GPU rigs to doing this. It's fantastic. And, and and to be clear, GPUs put a massive effort. But even if you just have an old uh, out of date, you know, laptop, there's a lot of CPU work. If you just have a laptop that you're running and you're able to pitch in, absolutely pitch into it. I think that's great. Uh, the, the other thing that I've really been pitching into here locally in Dallas is uh, uh, just kind of the old standbys. A lot of people are, um, you know, they're, they're fresh out of work. Uh, a lot of my neighbors are, they were let go like in a heartbeat. Um, and, and not with a lot of things. A lot of people are one paycheck away from uh, from poverty, and they're therefore uh, it, it used to be a couple uh, months, you know, pay until they got evicted. At least I hope that's going down. That they're not going to be kicked out. Otherwise, they're going to be doing rent strikes out of necessity. Nobody's getting evicted right now for the next yeah. sixty days. Yeah, uh, uh, inshallah. And so, um, what? What? But even still, even if you're not evicted, uh, a lot of them don't have any money at all, and so. Um, you know, there's North Texas Food Bank and there's Minnie's uh, 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 Pantry, I think it's Minnie's uh, Food Pantry uh, in the Plano Richardson area. Um, Minnie's was out of food. Uh, they, they were actually uh, um, organizing with the local school district where a lot of these kids, they only get their meals at school. And so they were, they were you know, even though school's closed, they're still going and picking up food. So if you have spare money, I, I don't recommend the, the one-time donation. 
Um, I, I like the the whole recurring, you know, I think of it as like a subscription to Amazon Prime, you know, I'll, I'll subscribe to, to uh, North Texas Food Bank and Minnie's uh, uh, Food Pantry uh, for, you know, 15, 20, $30 a month kind of thing, whatever I can afford. Uh, and then they can start budgeting. They say $1 feeds three people. Um, and so that's kind of the big thing of how you can help your neighbor. The other big thing that I've been pushing is for the front line of the coronavirus is helping out your local public hospital um you know nonprofit. you know kind of helps helps the greater populace kind of thing helping those folks that don't have the money to be able to exist within our for-profit healthcare system which that's another diatribe but anyhow the local uh, uh uh public hospital here in the dallas area is parkland uh, and you can donate directly to parkland uh, and they will take that money and use it directly to fight people or not fight people themselves, but, but, but fight, fight the coronavirus, you know, and, and, and help people that have that. So those have been my, my three things, the folding at home, uh, the pitching into the local, uh, continuously pitching into the local food banks, and then pitching into the public hospitals. Those are as direct as I can get to fighting the coronavirus. What, what are some of the things that y'all are working on? You, you, you triggered an idea, uh, yeah. if I can jump in here with Please. The, the, the food banks. I just read an article, it was today or yesterday, about um, – the amount of food that will be spoiling because restaurants are closing ah, yeah. of, of getting that into those systems. Uh, and I mean, it could be a tax write off for them if they don't go insolvent through this, but. Um, I, I, I know there's, there's, you know, John Oliver put out a long time ago and that got into public consciousness, the idea of just food waste. Um, there might be laws behind it, but I can't speak to that. I think, I think it absolutely is worth something that even if it's just going and picking up bad food and moving it over the, the big thing with minis is, is they want, they want like non-perishable foods. So it's canned foods, you know, they'll, they'll put together kind of, uh, uh care packages of, of canned foods. So you don't even want to buy one of the giants, you know, kind of kitchen, uh, uh, giant cans of green beans. You want to buy the, the usable kind and, and give it to them. But, yeah, if we could solve that problem, that, that'd be great. Um, I'm more thinking about triage in this immediacy. Uh, but, but that being said, give them a call. And, and if, if you can literally just make runs back and forth and, and, and feed a lot of people, then yeah, shit, yeah, let's do that. Well, Monetary is usually the best way. Uh, I help the local food bank here in Canada uh -huh. a lot. And usually like uh, $1 equals five pounds of food. Right. And the issue with you bringing food is that everybody brings green beans and they have a million green beans, but then they're out of spaghetti sauce, let's say. That, so by you donating the money, they can allocate what they need uh, and then they get it at a good price. I generally full heartedly agree with you. We're running into an interesting thing here. So if, it, if they have a cafeteria where they dole out food, you know, it's like, it's like a kitchen, then yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and giving them money and they can go and purchase it. That's fine. Uh, Minnie's uh, uh, food pantry is for individual households. And if they get this giant kind of thing that they, they, they can't eat it all as an individual family. Um, flip side though is right now you can't buy because of rationing um, or not rationing proper in the old sense, but uh, uh, limits on how much you can buy in any one setting. Even I don't know if even the food pantries can come and buy up a whole lot of food to feed people. And so uh, they're asking for direct donations and, and, and they will go, if you go on Minnie's food pantry, they'll go and say, Hey, we need these things right now. They'll, they'll tell you. So like uh, it was recently like jelly and, and spaghetti sauce and spaghetti kind of thing. Yeah. Jelly. That's what I heard today. Yeah. I did a live broadcast that one. 
and so so buy that up and then they have too much jelly and we'll go and buy peanut butter it'll be okay but but uh the, the way that <laughs> you're catching my point now yeah yeah well that's that's the whole thing that the uh but I mean, you're right about the rationing um, yeah uh, meats and chickens and toilet paper yeah yeah and so so it just kind of depends on on where you're buying but but i mean i'll advocate do it in both ways uh donate donate money that you can ideally on a monthly basis that way they can really budget and plan uh, it's that kind of steady kind of thing, but yeah, go donate the money and then go on, on your local food bank, uh, or, 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 or pantry and see what they need. And whenever you do your weekly grocery run or biweekly grocery run, because that's an essential business, even on lockdown, you're able to do grocery run buy extra for that and go and drop it off. That was something I learned from the current situation that, uh, I hadn't even thought of is I always believed that rationing like during world war ii was strictly because of scarcity not equal distribution and really i think that was that's the primary goal so you don't have like the hand sanitizer brothers well yeah they're coming sure. out of the dust, yeah. dust and, and then and then you took half of your working population and you put them in a war so it was definitely a scarcity there that's what makes this this time a little bit different like I, i'm gonna have to disagree with that gentleman earlier talk about year and a half i don't disagree that in a year and a half we, we won't still be feeling the bumps of this but as a business owner yeah it hurts to hold you know put everything on hold but there's still the only industries that i see affected are you know restaurant and entertainment and and retail um and although retail is how our economy works um i just think that there's a lot of money in the pipeline that are just on hold and then once everything clears it'll just be hit play all over again and kind of push through now, I'm not saying we're going to have this gigantic rubber band. Well, I do believe in rubber band effect, actually. But I'm not saying, like, you know, right away we're just going to come back. But I think you, people are going to be rehired back. I think they're just going to move to other jobs. There's always going to be need. There's always going to be need for a carpenter and a plumber, and, and which are most of my clients. And then, obviously, restaurants are going to come back with a vengeance as well, and service will go back to work. So I think there will be some sort of normality coming back afterwards. It's just going to be some short, short-term burns. That's it. I think there's a, a lot of additional uh, industries impacted. I mean, you have hospitality, you have travel, you have you know numerous others that are dependent upon those. But um, I do believe when that rebound happens, when that happens, I think it's open for uh, you know uh, discussion, whether it's sooner or later. Um, that will be the time. You know, we will. Not, I don't believe we will see the collapse of the local restaurant owner. It will just be restaurants constantly go in and out of business. It will be the opportunity because of depressed real estate. Uh, commercial real estate values because you have a lot of servers wanting to work uh it'll be a basically a an entrepreneur's market to take advantage of that well then that's that's actually what i was going to say next is that there'll be opportunity there a lot of people who lose their jobs they go home well i'm going to make money and like i'm an seo guy we expect an influx of brand new seo experts quote unquote out there all of a sudden because you know people like you lose your job are going to look for good money and this is great money and you can do it from home and, and so the, I think you'll see that vacuum. If we lose a lot of the small business or the middle-class businesses, there'll be that vacuum of that when it's time to go. I know I, I started a business or an idea three weeks ago, let's go, and there's need. So I just think that it's, it will just kind of bounce back. And yes, we'll feel the repercussions a year from half from now, but I think we're in a stronger position as long as, as Trump and, and, and Congress can you know, make sure that they are piping money to get back on track and the rest of the world gets back on track with trading, I think we should be okay. Well, they did, um, they did obviously free up budget for, you know, small, 
small businesses to be able to get appropriate loans at very low interest costs to be able to keep themselves afloat. But, yes. you know, regardless of that being an option, with I, I think, you know, to Wirefall's point and to Tinker's point, we're still going to see, obviously, a change, right, in, in most of those small businesses and, and all of that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I... I'm basically modeling like our timeframes on the same as, you know, what, what China saw. Um, and, you know, they had their first case in November, didn't really start picking up until December, you know, end of January, beginning of February, they locked everything down, which, you know, in my opinion is way too long. Um, but, uh, you know, just the other day I read an article that they were saying that they hadn't had a new case in like 24 hours and you know they don't consider the outbreak to be broken until 14 days but you know i think they're seeing i think they've hit their peak and they're already starting to see their decline mm -hmm. um so if we look at that it's realistically like a three to four month process and to tinker's earlier point you know i don't think it's going to stop completely until we have a vaccine right but when do we know that's coming um, and yes, we could just be doing all of this to condense and slow the outbreak and then get to a point where we hit our peak and then all of a sudden let social distancing disappear. And then all of a sudden back, we have a sec we have a second wave. Yeah. You know, I don't really think there's any stopping anything until a vaccine is produced and, you know, we're completely out of the woods or we start seeing better recovery rates and more immunity to the harsher end of the, the virus. The, the, thing, what the they're hoping for is to get to the heat. The heat should kill the virus. No, and that's the idea. Yeah. No, the, that, that's the, that's there's that oh, we got to be very careful when we talk here. Is anyone in here uh, an epidemiologist or a medical doctor? No, no but I, no, I, no, I, but, I own a local newspaper, so I'm having to report on this like literally almost every day. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I don't know about the heat. That comes from the, the I mean, and, and that's what we're they're waiting on because they're starting to see hits in South America in Africa, but not as widespread because they're just coming out of there. Well, the test, the testing, I think, is just inadequate there, definitely. Um, one of the thing, the concerns I have, uh, Kingsman, on, on the, the China parallel is, you're right, they locked down. They did not have their youth going to spring break in Florida. You know? True. And oh, this you is a big thing as well. I mean, the younger, sorry, I'm, I'm young anyway, right? But still, and it did, to be fair, I shouldn't just point it out to the younger generation, but in your in, in, in your comment about spring break in Miami or wherever in the videos that I've seen online, it's just there's a lot of people that have like the higher mentality, like, oh, you know, it hasn't it hasn't really affected them in their immediate life. So therefore it's not that much of a concern, right? And until like let's yeah, you know, a family member or a friend, you know, was to come to the virus, right? That's going to be a big wake-up call. But, you know, I, I, I said this on Twitter earlier, 24 hours, not even 24 hours of Dallas County being announced that they're going to go on the, uh, the lockdown. I had someone in my neighborhood organize a Kona ice truck. And for those that are listening, you know, here in this area in North, in North Dallas, uh, it's just, you know, ice, um, snow cones and stuff from a truck. That's, that's all they operate from. And they decided to, um, you know, organize one for the neighborhood. And I'm just like, you, you are not understanding the potential severity of everything that's going on. Like, do your part, be smart. You know, we don't want people dying for, you know, idiotic reasons. Um, and I don't know what to say about it. Yeah. yeah, and we had followed up on that one with uh, what I heard today in our neighborhood. The ice cream truck started coming by. 
Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. Just gone from one here. snotty kid to another. Yeah, ice well, that, cream ice cream truck has been around my neighborhood several times already in the last week. Yeah, the I, I did want to make a comment to uh, um, to what was said previously with the idea of the elasticity of of uh, you know the capitalist markets with the idea of if people get fired now they'll just get another job before we we saw this in two thousand eight. What's going to happen is it's going to be an employer's market uh, and that drives down the rates. Of, uh, of pay uh, and so um, uh, we're, this is gonna this is yet another thing that's gonna degrade the middle class and really divide us between the very wealthy and then the working class at best um, uh, just because people are just gonna need to get eat uh, just need to get food with you know speaking as an entrepreneur um, you know you're in kind of a different class than than the bulk majority of workers and the bulk majority of workers with health care tied to a job with retirement tied to your job with just being able to eat and live tied to your job and having that job be in a work at will state with no stability uh in a tenuous situation you 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 are in a survival mentality and the only time that you can better yourself is when you can get away from surviving in order to improve yourself you know if you have a lot of money if you have if you have a, a year's worth of savings you can afford to take the uh, uh, the risk needed to spin up your own company because you can fail at first until you build up a pipeline of work. But for most people, they don't have the savings required uh, to you know spend those first couple of months of working in a deficit. You know you can't work at a deficit with credit cards; that will kill you. Um, and so they don't have the ability. They will go out and survive by getting whatever minimum wage job they can, and they'll be stuck there. It's a mire. You can't pull yourself out. We saw that in 2008, and I think this is going to hit us yet again, and it's further going uh, to, to, to create a gap in that divide. One well, positive I, think I learned today. I think nowadays, though, it's completely different from 2008, because, I mean, for a lot of reasons, interest rates are down. There's a lot of there's a lot of incentives to start a business and to create retail. And that's, what's been going on the last two years if, and all that's just on hold. It's not going away. Um, I mean, even interest rates away are at zero right now. It was at 5.5% in 2008. So there was no encouragement to create jobs in the job market. But, but and as of January, we're still creating jobs. I just, yeah, everything's on pause. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But, but what I'm saying is that's not going to create an entrepreneur at, atmosphere. That's that on pause means people aren't eating. That means people don't have health care. And as soon as something comes up and, 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 you know, a job creator offers a minimum wage job, everybody's going to jump on it. Um, uh, because that's all they can do. Interest rates being low for the working class means that if they have savings, which most of them don't, if they have savings, it's in very low interest uh, savings accounts. Uh, that's what low interest means to them. They can't take out a loan because they don't have a FICO score that would allow them to take out a business loan. Nobody will, will loan, uh, you know, loan money to them. So what you're gonna see is, is, is the, the effect of the job market post 2008 you know so 2010 2012 when it picked up and, and we're seeing yet again a further lowering of of uh of wages uh and 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 a glut again it's an employer's market um uh, kingsman you know as a recruiter uh i don't know did you work through 2008 and, and could you give us insight on what happened then and what you think will happen after this when the market picks up again as fickle as it may be yeah, I mean, for one, to take experts' point, I mean, we are going through different situations, right? 
with the crash and you know the recession in 2008 it's pretty black and white right the the mortgage industry kind of folded because of all those you know i don't know if anyone's seen the big short before the movie yeah. um mm-hmm. but you know yep you know obviously all of that kind of you know smart stuff at the time um you know didn't obviously pay off and and that was pretty apparent and very immediate in terms of the financial implications of that this is kind of you know, it's a very different approach, right? It's not due to the financial markets, like the financial markets are tanking, but, you know, they're still kind of, they're not at an all time low. It's not like 2008 because it was a financial, you know, reason why the market is like it is. Um, You know, I don't see that, I don't foresee that happening from like a company hiring standpoint, obviously like previous, people have pointed out certain industries are being affected more, right? And, you know, just doing my job, yeah, I've got some clients, I've got clients in the mortgage industry, for example, that have had their highest amount of refinance applications, um, you know, since, you know, before the recession, because interest rate, you know, rates have dropped and, you know, their business is still, okay, they're not full brand new loans, but they're still getting, you know, five or six grand per refinance application. So it's still revenue coming in. Whereas like, you know, you've got American Airlines here in Dallas, you've got Southwest Airlines. I imagine, you know, they're hurting a lot. You know, I've got, you know, Top Golf is, you know, for example, another business locally that are laying off all of their contractors. Um, but I think in a couple of months, you know, versus the 2008 situation, I think, you know, a few months, three, four, maybe six months, I'm predicting at most, we'll start to see all of the rehiring of those individuals. Um, Now, obviously, most organizations are going to want to cut certain costs in certain areas. And obviously, you've got OPEX versus CAPEX. And, you know, depending on what's hurting the company most is where you're going to see the biggest, the biggest rifts. Um, but you could also see smart people taking budget from, you know, OPEX, uh, sorry, from CAPEX and then pushing it into OPEX. And that's where, you know, you're going to see a lot of those contractors um, in organizations be, you know, cut first. Um, but I don't think it's going to have the same effect as what 2008 had on the world overall. I, I don't think, I think it's going to be that long. A couple of things. The difference is the amount of, home businesses there are now versus 2008 there's dramatic increases in amazon stores and and things like that and i think people sitting around twiddling their thumbs are going to go to youtube just like a lot of the people in seo industry or have their own affiliate stores or whatever they do um they're going to come across some youtube video or some sort of class that's so cheap right now and then here you have a new stay-at-home business being started at a time in a couple months where every business is going to be desperate for online marketing so, and that's why we're expecting an influx of SEO True. experts is because people are, you know, just got fired. They have the skill set. They want to work from home. They want to be their own business. They want to charge $5,000 per client. I mean, and, and it's good money per month. Uh, and so th- they'll jump into this bandwagon. And again, you'll have these stores and retail stores and everybody wanting to come back. And because everybody's ordering online right now, there is a huge, the, I mean, we're catching up to all the online stores and the availability of items. So I just think that it's just going to, uh, moving forward, I think everybody's going to be more useful, used to ordering online, on Amazon or their groceries. And I, th- I think that's not going to go away. So stay at home uh, companies, I think is going to grow. 
couple of things. And I think I you're 100. percent Oh, sorry. You go ahead, Waffle. Okay. No, I, I definitely think uh, the 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 norm is changing. Uh, you you brought up mortgages. I, I've seen several stories from experts that uh, the commercial real estate is about to probably tank. Uh, one because you're going to have all these businesses going out of business, but also work from home now that it's shown to be viable uh, could revolutionize mm. that, that that job that was that you were told was not able to work remote. Oh, it's able to work remote. Yeah, like that like that New Yorker comic where the guy's sitting in his robe in front of his laptop, going, "Oh wow." These meetings all could have been emails, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, infrastructure's there too. All you guys have been working hard for the last decade to get us, you know, one terabyte or one gigabyte internet, and so we can hold <clears throat> all this access. Five G access now is coming as well to hold more access. So all you nerds have been working hard to get to this point where we can work from home. Right, and let, let me be the the pessimist yet again. Yeah. Uh, you, be, you be the pessimist, and I'll jump in with some positive. <laughs> okay, that, that that that's a good sandwich there. Um, I hear, hey, we can do all this work remote. Why don't we just send it overseas to, to folks that, that will accept even less? Oh. As a business owner, I hate going overseas for anything. And I, I, in my industry, in SEO, most of them who make good money, they do that to make good money. Instead of, instead of paying 40% of what they make, keeping it stateside, they'll send 5% overseas and just get a bunch of minions from the Philippines or India or whatever. But the quality of work is not there, in my opinion. You so, also, as a business owner point of view, you can't sue them if they take your money and don't finish the project, for example. So, so we're, we're relying a lot on, on anecdotes. And uh, uh, I don't know about the quality of work. I mean, folks over there can do a, a good quality work, too, if, if you find the right kind of folks. The difference being that they're able to accept less of a wage because their local cost of livings. Uh, can be much lower. And in a globalized, laissez-faire capitalist uh, uh, market, you, you, you go to where the lowest uh, uh, paid can be. Uh, the big thing, though, is, again, speaking from a working class situation, working from home, you, you know, you're talking about pushing everything through Amazon. To me, that says uh, monopoly, right? That means that, that you're beholden to them. The idea of people putting things up on YouTube, YouTube's a monopoly, and they can demonetize as they see fit, there's not a lot of safety and stability there either. A lot of the idea of what we, what you're calling entrepreneurship, is, is gig economy. Again, no stability and no healthcare and things along those lines. My point is that this is all showing the fragility of capitalism. That if you have money and you can spin it up, it's very easy because you can ride out these waves. And you, you know, the, the idea, like case in point, let, let's give a, a perfect example of what's going on right now. The the stock market is crashing. Right. For for the bulk majority of people, especially those nearing retirement, when they're when all we have is retirement, we no longer have pension. And even if we do have pension, that's typically uh, uh, in the stock market. Right. Um, they don't have uh, old money. They don't have familial money. They don't have wealth. Right. They, they the only thing they have for retirement is in the stock market, even Social Security is going away. And so the stock market plunges. They're seeing their ability to live vanish. Whereas if you have money, what do you see? It's a buying opportunity. Yeah, I'll be, yeah, and and, and I'll be I'll be the first person I'll be the first person to admit this when everyone was talking about you know helping out with charity and stuff like that and yeah, that I absolutely agree with charity. I absolutely agree with helping people out in this really you know uncertain time. Um, and I've been thinking about what, what can I do, but at the same time for myself personally, I've been thinking, what stock can I buy? Because yeah. let's face it. 
people with money and, you know, not to sound whatever, but yeah, you're going to look at pouncing on the opportunity to make a quick few bucks. And, and that's what I'm trying to put Well, how do you create wealth? When you, when you guys you are, don't create wealth being a worker, you create exactly. wealth by creating a business. You don't create wealth by being a worker. You create it by uh, having good investments and you have to have money to create good investments. When you're at a worker place, when you're at a wage slave level, you don't have the ability to move up an echelon into the, into the next class. It just does not exist. That's a falsehood. No. So what's going to happen here, with, especially with this one, especially right on the back of 2008, is, is one of two things is going to happen, uh, uh, and maybe a little bit of both. Um, the, the working class, which is what most, middle, most people that think of themselves as middle class in America are actually working class. When they're, when they're one paycheck away, when they don't have savings, when they're uh, living paycheck to paycheck, and they don't have the stability, you're working class. And so either they're going to they're going to hopefully wake up or, or realize, hey, this is shit. And they're going to start moving politically, start building uh, some some social frameworks and social safety nets, et cetera, to give stability because laissez faire capitalism chews them up as they have seen in the immediate uh, couple of weeks uh, that's been going on. Um, uh, they either they're, they're going to they're going to experience that to where they're going to lose a lot of money and they're going to go even further down. That gap is going to uh, exist if they don't organize. They don't build up those units for uh, unions for for collective bargaining. They don't fight the monopolies. We used to bust monopolies. We haven't busted monopolies in a long time. And monopolies kills uh, uh, even those small working class coming up. Um, long story short is is they're going to get hurt. And, and if they can organize at a greater uh, thing, then hopefully we'll start seeing uh, some walls going through that actually build up some of those safety nets. So far as single payer uh, uh, healthcare, you know, we can all pitch in for healthcare. Healthcare in capitalism is your money or your life. It's inelastic demand and it doesn't work as we have seen here. The idea of, of um, tying up even retirement and uh, et cetera, the idea of, of being able to, uh, uh, have some stability within work besides the, the work at will kind of thing. I think you're going to see a lot of political revolution going through. And if they don't, then it's going to be a shit storm and, and the working class is going to be even further pushed down into the depths. I think before your point, go ahead, Waffle. I was going to say before, uh, even before that needs to happen with the working class uh, uh, being woke for lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> I really, I really think it's important that, that top 1% gets woke um, because that gap between the richest and poorest has been expanding significantly over the past few decades. This is only going to exacerbate that and, and to a, 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 an extreme that we have, I don't believe have seen uh, in this uh, in the past century even. Um, so I'm not a communist, but Marx wrote his works for a reason and that was to prevent the constant revolution um that will happen if this continues and there are people and enough people who cannot feed themselves who cannot eat who cannot house themselves um that will happen at the detriment of the one percent uh so they better wake up well, it just but, it just look at look at what went on uh, at this time a hundred years ago. I mean, that's that that's was the hotbed that that Marx's writings grew in. You know, so you're you're probably not off base there. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I would like to go a little positive. We've been talking a lot of negative. Um, something I learned today uh, from my daughter because of a negative. 
uh, you know, she is in a high risk group. She had to uh, basically take unpaid time off. She's in the service industry, but they did end up closing. So everyone is uh, eligible for unemployment. And there is now no requirement to look for work because there isn't work. Uh, the uh, She's like, well, shouldn't I just go one of those Amazon jobs or something like that? It's like, no, you're first of all, you're a high risk. You can't be around people. We've self-isolated for uh, over two weeks now, the whole family, because she cannot get it or she will likely not make it. Um, but so now she, she has several months of unemployment. And then other things like, uh, for those who don't know him, you should know him, Marcus J. Carey from Threat Care. Uh, he's yeah. at Marcus J. Carey on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he will be giving, if you're technically oriented, you want to get into networking and security, he will be giving free training for you to get your Network Plus and Security Plus. And he is organizing groups. Uh, Telesploit is going to be uh, supporting that initiative as well to not just make sure that you get your training, but you get your certification paid for. That's awesome. So there are a lot of opportunities out there, given if you have the time and you are getting unemployment, you're lucky enough to do that. Uh, definitely improve yourself. Absolutely. Well, cybersecurity is going to go up too. I'm already seeing uh, a jump, even since January, of attacks on websites that we watch. Oh, yeah. So I think, and that's oh, yeah, the high demand area, anyways. Uh, with with, uh, with the pandemic going through, you're, you're absolutely right. You're getting two things that I'm seeing right now. Uh, in any kind of tragedy, uh, as you all well know, um, uh, scammers and con artists will, will hop on that. You know, we, we see that in hurricanes all the time. And so we're seeing a lot of phishing emails around, you know, hey, here's information, et cetera, uh, click on it, and, and, and a lot of folks are getting hurt. The other big thing is uh, uh, hospitals are being attacked in this time because, hey, your money or your life, right? Um, and and uh, uh, it's it's sickening, but, hey, those folks are out there. So, yeah, you know, uh, the core is, is IT, but, but you know, security and, is there as well. And with those scammers, uh, also seeing quite a few of the newly minted work, at, work from home folks who don't know about, uh, you know, they, they, they get, they need to have access to their VPN now to work and they get scammed by uh, the scammers on here. You need to update your VPN software. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, whenever, you know, whenever we're hacking in as, as, uh, you know, pen testers, uh, what we're finding right now is the idea of a decentralized network, you know, uh, instead of hacking into an internal network and pivoting around an internal active directory network, uh, uh, what you're having right now is you, you hack into an individual user and you pivot in through their VPN and, and hit all the cloud services, et cetera. Uh, uh, and so with a lot of people working from home, um, uh, they're also checking personal emails and they're conducting personal business. And there's not anything necessarily inherently wrong with that, but that just adds an interesting attack vector uh, uh, to people trying to, to hit them uh, that you can, you can drop malware down on their individual laptop, either through their, their work email or through their personal email that may or may not be uh, as well protected. I, I thought zero trust solved that. Well, yes, and if Whiskey Neon was on here, he might be able to speak to that, but no one's implemented uh, a zero trust uh, in, in any sort of widespread uh, systemic way that I know of. Uh, but yeah, that would, be, that would be an interesting way of doing it. So let, let's blow this up and go in an entirely different direction, okay? 
How many of you uh, uh, follow college football? Nobody. I was never a college fan because, to me, I want to watch the best of the best, which is why I watch the NFL. I watch the best of the best, so I watch X. No, I'm joking. I don't care about any of you. It is not football season. My hockey season was interrupted. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm bringing it up because, because there was a preseason top 25 release for, for NCAA Division One. Hey, I don't know what that means, but hey! <laughs> to be fair, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't grow up here, so to me, college, yeah, I didn't did, have any. Did anybody watch the wrestling match with, yeah. that didn't have anybody in the audience? That was. <laughs> oh, they've had, they've had several of those in the <laughs> last couple that? of weeks. No, yeah, actually, I, I, okay, <laughs> okay, so speak, speak, speaking of, since, since you brought up wrestling, um, okay, so if, if you follow wrestling at all, you know, it's WrestleMania season, all right? And WrestleMania is supposed to be going on in two weeks. Vince McMahon is one crazy dude, and he's still putting on the show, but he is foregoing a live gate. They are, they are recording bits and pieces of the show at different places in front of no audience. This is the biggest. This is the money. biggest show of the year. Hey, and make the most it, money ever, I guarantee. And it's going yes, to be pre-recorded with no Wait, audience. Who, this is who I feel sorry for. What the hell is ESPN doing right now? <laughs> Playing streaming video game competitions. <laughs> you, you, you know, ESPN <laughs> actually made a deal with WWE to yeah. uh, to air uh, old uh, old uh, versions of WrestleMania. Don't doubt it. That's, um, all, that, that's all that anyone can do. I mean, I'm a, I'm an, I think you mentioned, I mean, I'm, oh, sorry, tech experts mentioned I'm an NFL guy. I mean, I've been surprised with like all the, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, you know, as bad as it sounds or whatever, America's team, blah, 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 blah. But I've been just surprised at how much like trades are going on, like mm-hmm. all the deals, people coming in and out. Like I've been like, for me, in all of this, negativity and you know new case here and new case there i've been looking at those trades and going wow this is actually pretty crazy tom brady to the bucks uh, i know man new england also uh released their kicker today uh, uh yeah, did, yeah. um yep. and then and then uh you got like today the the la rams released a new logo did anybody new see logo. the new la rams logo uh, yep, it looks very modern. It looks horrible. Now, now they, they 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 had the Rams head as part of the art package, and the Rams head was actually pretty pretty cool. But the that rest of millennial. the rest of it was horrible. I mean, you know, from a from a cowboy standpoint, we've you know we've lost some very good defensive players. You know, I hope they know what they're doing. But you know, that's probably the this is probably the only excitement from like oh my god this is crazy standpoint that's going on right now for me like i'm looking at those things and the updates and notifications going oh shit this is this is going to be a different season altogether if the season happens fingers crossed it does well we'll we'll see hey even even the texans traded it traded their best receiver to the Cardinals. yeah deandre hunkham's it's a, it, it, that's just like what, what what the heck, you know. I think this is the time for musicians to shine. You have a medium that <laughs> everybody in the world is on right now. 
play, tell them to share, and maybe you might be the next whatever. You know, like this I, is I, the time to shine for musicians. I yeah. actually know all, all of the musicians. Uh, you know, we we've got uh, the one of our people who stay with us, uh, Ray Chaos. He's a singer for two different hardcore bands. Um, we were supposed to see so many people this month coming through Dallas. I mean, it was a show every two or three days. Uh, none of them came through. Um, they are losing but that's not, livelihoods. But that's not a surprise. Like for you, obviously being a very big community member and, you know, offering, you know, a lot of, you know, support for these musicians coming through, having spoken to you about it, you know, a few times in the past. But I mean, that's going to happen. But that doesn't mean like to the other gentleman's point that, they don't have a they have the perfect setup right now to utilize some of that digital stuff which i was kind of knock, knocking a little bit you know to to you know create more of a platform for them you know as a to me as an ex-musician like an ex-dj that one of the first things that i did was you know what something that i've been procrastinating on for so long i went out I brought some studio monitors. I've got my setup. I've, I'm in the middle stage of that, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it just because I enjoy doing it, and I want to pick up again a passion. But for like for those guys, you know, they've got an opportunity to get themselves out there while everyone is online more. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the they, on Amazon. <laughs> they, they can, they, they can definitely invest in the future in doing, you know, writing and recording. But the money they make comes from touring because of the labels. Yeah, fair enough. That it comes from it comes from touring, uh, almost exclusively. And I know there are some bands, that is mostly bigger bands, that have done still live shows without an audience. Um, I've had inside, basically, information saying that is almost impossible to do with any passion whatsoever. You know, singing to a a, a completely empty room doing a, a show to a completely empty room and have the same vibe that you would at a live concert. Well, I see that. And I, I agree with that. You know, they get me wrong. Like, I agree with that. The, we have the opportunity to people to make their own. I mean, that's why they make their own record labels now versus 20 years ago, you had to go with whomever is with mediums like Apple store and all that stuff where people can buy. If you can just push your music out, you can make 80% of your money instead of 20% because you'll get 80 cents for the dollar download and but that's the thing is it's, it's very easy and like soundcloud and everybody does it yeah. and you can't find people the the way you find people is through your seo type stuff and that's the labels that's who gets it on the air that's who gets it in heavy rotation on any spot well, that's what i'm saying that. is that the perfect storm is happening because everybody's on social media and, and you and you can see how something can go viral it's not because a music industry pushed something or a news industry and went viral somebody posted something funny or good or entertaining and it goes viral and that's i'm just saying that you right now especially during the day and late into the night with all the stress levels risen everybody's on their devices on social media on youtube like you said your kids are addicted to youtube i'm addicted to youtube i just think you have an opportunity here and yes some of it is seo i'm not denying that part but you can there's a perfect storm i think you have an opportunity that somebody's gonna be watching you do something cool and you might pick you up to do a tour next year or you could be like that one band that does the cartoons, you know, I'm happy and I'm feeling sad. They never toured in their life. They made so much money. All right. To, to, to wrap all this up, who has a good story that they could share? I, I have one. I, you were talking about penetration testing earlier. 
I have a good one for you. Um, I, I have a friend who's one of the top dogs over at Lockheed for network, and they had fired their penetration tester and hired this new company. And so when they approached them, they said, hey, do you want us to make a login for you? And he was like, no, why would we need that? He's like, well, our old one needed it. He's like, we don't need it. And so the story is, is that these guys, they figured out there's a Starbucks nearby and that employees go there and drink and they post on social media. So they went on, found pictures on social media and GMBs and things like that and got the ID badges off the picture. They replicated it, got in the facility, tried to break in one building, got caught, but got released. So they went to the next building over, broke in there and got like pretty much through some low level hacks and got through, reported it back. And so they brought it back and they were just so flabbergasted that you guys got this far, um, especially when they had an old company who just wanted who said, make us a login and we'll just penetrate test you. This one actually went out and here's your weaknesses. <laughs> we're, we're a think tank, here you go. Yeah, think, thinkers had uh, Tinker on, Snow on, myself on. Yeah, we've all done that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, those, those could be uh, the, the, those could be definitely some interesting stories. And heck, I, uh, I, I still uh, use Tinker story to this day, sometimes to make a joke with uh, whenever uh, what was it? It was a for you server tank. Yeah. Yeah. That that you just lugged the for you server out. Just walked by the per, person uh, keeping an eye on the front door, and they just kind of eyes met, and you kept on going. He did nothing. He, he wasn't watching the front door. He, he was sitting at his desk taking in customers, but uh, gotcha. yeah, he, he had no idea. I mean, he, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and those things are fucking heavy. Well, you were you were coming out. You were authenticated. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I wasn't breaking awesome. in. I I I had already been in. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, you know I I absolutely uh, you know I've I've got to have the company I work at make a few adjustments, including the way that they deal with the front door. And trust yep. me, if if anybody pushes back. I, I it, you know, Tink, I've, I've already used your stories, uh, like, like, uh, whatever you started, uh, trying to crack NTLM hashes and yeah. in, the, in the first time that you posted about that, man, I, I, I use those details to, to get, uh, get my, uh, uh, direct supervisor to say, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the compliance has eight characters, but I'm fine with 12 or more characters. That that's, uh, that's good. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so I, yeah, I, I absolutely am gonna, am gonna use you hauling out that server if anybody pushes back <laughs> on that. So, so far the good thing is they haven't pushed back on it. I, I've, I've told them it's like, hey, some stuff has to change, and, and they've listened fairly intently. So, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens in the long run, though. Uh, funny thing is, is, is you know, to, to, uh, to both the, the story that was given, um, you know, uh, Wirefall uh, especially, he's got way more stories than I have. Um, uh, Freaking uh, Kevin Mitnick stole one of his stories for what is it? Chapter seven of, uh, of uh, Art of uh, Six. Uh, it's chapter six yeah, of Art of yeah. Intrusion. The, yeah. the, the, the uh, uh, follies, uh, penetration testing and other follies. There you go, yeah. Uh, so so the, this guy, you know, Wirefall has, has forgotten more than I'll ever know about about hacking, pen testing. But, but to the original story's point, um, you know, it's, 
you know, uh, the bulk majority of, of my pen tests, um, you know, are network-based pen tests, external, internal, uh, phishing, web application, you know, whatever. Um, you know, uh, I'm full scope, so I'd probably say about 20% of my tests are about are physical tests. But those physical ones are the ones that, that everybody loves to hear. Those are the classic heists, you know, the, the classic cons, you know, the, 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 all the old movies, you know, the original Ocean's Eleven, right? And, and, you know, I'm sitting here talking about getting domain admin by, by you know, going through a Citrix account, uh, a remote work from home uh, uh, way of hacking in kind of thing. And then all the silliest ways of, of taking over an Active Directory uh, network. But the bulk majority of, of even I say non-technical, but the bulk majority of people in general, they love those stories that are that are, and the ones that stick with them are the ones that are tangible, the mm -hmm. ones that they can they can think of, and those physical stories, the old physical break-ins. You know, uh, uh, we've been doing this stuff long before um, computers came along. We've been breaking in room, we've been conning people and scanning people since the dawn of time, kind of thing. Uh, and those those stories still have a, a cultural weight uh, to them. It, it, it's, definitely it's, resonate and speak speaking of which for for all you guys and everybody else that's listening to this come in in june tinker sits down and goes through a choose your own adventure physical pen test with me that's going to be interesting i swear it's going to be like dungeons and dragons and you're going to be my dm <laughs> it, it, it is it, it is going to be absolute fun i've i've already started uh, developing the story uh i'll uh I'll be developing the story as I'm working on uh, working on getting the network into a compliant state. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that detracts from it, what I come up with or not. But uh, yeah, no, that's that, that's going to be absolute fun. That's uh, yeah, Tink will probably uh, record that in May, but that'll drop in June. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely look out for that. But that being said, um, well, thank you. Before you, before we we go to the final, okay. you asked for you asked for a story and and Tinker brought brought up physical. I I think probably one of my favorite in that aspect was, uh, it was a warehousing company that they were primarily in shipping and they had tons of warehouses. Uh, I dressed like a just a regular worker. They had a specific color polo, slacks, uh, mimicked that. Walked in went into a cafeteria and there were just a ton of people there. Uh, it was an employee appreciation luncheon. So I grabbed a piece of cake, uh, just as everybody else was. Uh, there was somebody there with a camera. They took a picture. I went over and sat down at their local kiosk and started hacking the, the, the crap out of the organization from the kiosk, breaking out of the kiosk. Uh, turns out that that picture ended up in their monthly newsletter. Nice. <laughs> of me grabbing and eating a piece of cake. <laughs> nice, nice. What, what was, so was, was that this... a fail? <laughs> I I wasn't caught at the time, but <laughs> what what was this back in the days of shorter hair? Oh yeah. You stand out a little bit at this point. Yeah, no, my I, I actually used to use I used to always keep my hair short, but I would grow out the goatee. Uh, until I had to do a social engineering engagement, and I called it my clue meter, because really your greatest risk is that physical social engineering, whether it's physical or virtual, but social engineering is your greatest risk, and we were so very infrequently at the time asked to do that. So the longer my goatee, the longer it had been since I'd done a, a quote, real security assessment. 
There you go. It's a good thing I'm not I'm not uh, very very good at uh, social engineering in person because if I had to do anything with shaving this beard off, man, you'd be able to tell. <laughs> you'd have those uh, nice uh, suntan lines that stop right there. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, guys, my timer showing an hour 40, although I think we probably started recording at about an hour 30. We'll see once I stop this and uh, check out the recording and upload it. But uh, guys, I have had fun. This has been great conversations, slightly depressing, slightly eye-opening, ended on a fun note. You know, it's a little, a little bit of everything this evening. And uh yeah, the, yeah, the, this sucker is going to go up later this evening. So I uh, hope everybody, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope everybody listening enjoyed it. And thanks very much for listening in yet again. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.